Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It's the Hampton OB Show. It's mind-boggling what's going on here. We're in the fire right now. We're going through it, and we're going to continue to lean on each other and believe in one another. I did feel better, but none of that matters because you want to win. Foles going to air it out downfield for Mooney. He's got it. Foles to the end zone. He's got a man and caught for the touchdown, Robinson. I was able to create separation. I was able to come down with it. And zone Cook has got it this time. Touchdown New Orleans with three seconds left in the half. This one is Taysom Hill for the touchdown. Now third down and goal pass is caught. Touchdown, Donnell Mooney. Good snap, good hold. Santos is good. And this game is tied. Uh, I think the big thing is we were able to execute at the end of regulation, give ourselves the opportunity, push the game into overtime. And a 35-yard drive. Good snap, good hold. Ball game. Saints win it in overtime, 26-23. There's a lot of questions here that need to be answered. It's the Hamp and OB Show, brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado. Drive what Hamp drives, Chevy. That is correct. Hamp and OB here for three hours of... Wow. Election returns. Yeah, and uh, Bears returns from a... Give me a break. A rough, rough, rough Sunday. And I know that... I I think we're here for just a nice moment in time, a little break from everything that's going on. Hampton will be brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck, which he rode in today. I think you did the Chevy Silverado Drive. Always. What Hamp drives, drive a Chevy. The phone number is 312 312- Nine eight one seventy two hundred. The Bears had what I would call uh, Hampo. You're going to start here, but that was such a painful afternoon, late Sunday afternoon of football. Saints twenty six, Bears twenty three. In overtime, they looked great, and then they looked like the worst football team of all time. Then they gave themselves a chance, and of course, they did not uh, end up coming through in overtime in their one offensive possession. And the Saints kick a field goal to win it. Where would you like to start today, 99? Well, it's a shame. You know, some things are just a shame. And then sometimes things are a damn shame. And no, I'm not talking about the election. I'm talking about how dysfunctional our team played on Sunday afternoon through so many different spurts. Now, we had the New Orleans Saints on the ropes. Yeah, that's right. The mighty saints, we had them on the ropes and we let them stupidly get away. Wait a minute. First, I, I saw some some deep passing. OB, did you see that? Carmen, did you see what looked I, I, I lo- like a running game? I saw, I saw these things. And hey, did you see our bend but don't break defense actually come up with some big stops on third and fourth down, giving us a chance to win? But it's a damn shame because why? Well, some stupid selfish acts by Javon Wims, even Jimmy Graham. A couple of drops and a penalty in the uh, second half that, that sabotaged us. But so much of the time, we think about this team and where we want to be 
and where we are. And, you know, I used to think, OB, that this team was running with the wrong crowd. Now I'm starting to think they are the wrong crowd. To me, Nagy has so much blame because of how dysfunctional this offense is. To me, he has no idea the difference in a game plan and just calling plays. There's a huge difference, folks. There's a huge difference. And there's a big reason why we are never able to create any rhythm on offense. Because he's just calling plays and not following a devised game plan. And I'll just tell you this. You know, he's got that BU on his play sheet. I think I saw Nick Foles' wristband and it said, shoot me. So this is where we are. Two straight losses. And now we have to go and play the Tennessee Titans. So it ain't going to get easier. I still, on his play sheet, when he's holding it there and you see the backside of it and it's basically blank, I'm wondering, how is it possible that you're not at least... Those are all the Mitchell Trubisky plays. Oh, that's right. He, he had one play for two yards and he hurt his... He got an owie. His shoulder's bad now. Got the right shoulder after the left shoulder Spare last year. Me. OB, go ahead, my friend. All right. Yes. Um, Here we go. (laughs) The good, the bad, the indifferent, and the ugly. But I'll tell you the one thing that Mooney, folks, he runs like about a 4-3-5-4-3-3, something like that 40-yard dash. Now, that's that's about as fast as a lightning bolt in football sense for 40 yards. We have this kid now, finally in the eighth game, we finally throw a pass to him, a 50-yard pass. Folks, this kid is legitimate. Mooney, or Mooney, however you want to pronounce it, he's legitimate. This kid can absolutely fly. He's got great balance. He can make the move. He can get separation. And we finally get him down the field. That's a threat that we have not used the prior seven games, although we've only threw them a couple times Sunday. Now, the other point, Cole Komet is like 6'6". He can run. He can get separation. And guess what? You get the ball near him, he can catch it. You go to every successful team in the National Football League, folks, and you look at who, what they do. They throw the damn football down the field. And also, what do they incorporate? They incorporate the tight end. In almost every series, there's a tight end. Splitting the zone, a skinny a slant, a skinny post, you name it, a hook pattern out in the flat. They constantly fire to the tight end. Why? To move the ball down the field. Mooney, move the ball down the field. This is three years of Nagy with two foot outs, two yard outs, three yard outs. When it's third and nine, third and seven, third and five, third and six. And praying to the good Lord, the football gods, that whoever catches it, if they do, they'll break the tackle and get a first down. Again, we're worried on third down conversions in this game. I think in the second half, uh, Mark, somewhere along the line, I think the first 14 times on third down conversions, we only made it twice. So that would have been two out of 14, and the second half wasn't even open with yet, over with yet. So what do they have to do? Number one, they've got to pull Nagy from calling the place. 
This is three years of this guy calling plays, and I'm telling you something. This guy's he's stuck in mud. He's stuck in reverse or something. I don't get it. You got to put Lazor in there or DiFilippo or somebody and give them a chance to get this ball, to give Folds a chance to get our offense moving and take some pressure off our defense. You cannot ask a defense year after year after year, quarter after quarter, game after game to win you a football game. You cannot do that. And we have two kids, which I started out saying, Mooney and Cole Komet, who can make a huge difference if we put them in our offensive attack, our passing attack. Don't throw to them once, twice a game. Put the fear in God in people. What, you've got a stronger weak side safety that's what? 6'1", 5'10", whatever they are, 195, 210 pounds. And you got Cole Komet, 6'6", about 260, running at you. And he can get separation. And we don't use him. We got Mooney, 4-3-40. Go downfield. Do we do that? No, we don't use him either. And you listeners, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And how the hell do you expect to win a football game with today's rules and the way they play the game today if you don't attack downfield? It's a damn shame. So 312-981-7200. I want to come back and uh, we'll hit the Cole Komet thing, get to some calls here. But uh, I don't know. Why, Com- why, 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 why are we not using this kid? I, I hear you, OB. I'm with you. I think everybody wants to see that. I do think... I'm curious your guys' thought as to the call in overtime when was forward progress stopped or not stopped. Uh, that was interesting. So uh, we can get off there. And that was another lucky break that we squandered. Thank you. Exactly. That's. I mean, any other time, I mean, that was a fumble. That's what I thought. So, yeah. Quick timeout, 720 WGN. In a 35-yard drive. Good snap. Good hold. Ball game. Saints win it in overtime, 26-23. That bump in the rundown. I needed to hear that again. We all needed to hear that again. 312-981-7200. Hamp and OB brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Dan Hampton's truck, Chevy Silverado Drive. What Hamp drives. Yes, OB. Yeah, I'd just like to jump in this real quickly. Uh, you know, you it, it, it pretty much started to me with our defense, Dan. And again, even, even as right now, you can win a Super Bowl with this defense. But it started the last half of last year. The defense started eh, cracking a little bit. Uh, you had one of the superstars, and you couldn't find the guy game after game towards the end of last year. And I, I can tell you what, time is running out, Mark. I agree. Danny, time is running out. You're, you can't ask this defense. You cannot ask them. Week after week after week, year after year, to come up and play Super Bowl winning type defense and have what's going on with our offense, with these offensive coaches and our head coach. You, it's, it, the, I, it, it's, I, sometimes I can't even find words. The frustration, it's right in front of you. have players that can make a difference on our offense right now. You've got them, and you don't use them. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred is the phone number. We want to jump in and uh, provide some some help for all of us over here right now with the Bears at five and three. I, you know what? Who didn't know 
during the offseason that the Bears had a problem with their offensive line. Was that not the most obvious thing of all time? Well, and see, here, here's you know the old premise of, oh, well, I drafted a couple of guys, and I've got a couple of free agents that I've signed, and that's good enough. And we've talked about you know so many parts of this team that has certain capabilities. Well, the offensive line easily the worst unit on the field, and now Spriggs is down with COVID, and Massey is on IR. And so now it's going to be, a, a, you know, a, a, a musical chairs and and Foles is having to go to church three times a day right. to hope he gets through Sunday afternoon. But the good news is, looking ahead, Tennessee is the worst defense in football, rushing the passer, only seven sacks all season thus far. And they're giving up 60% on third down. I mean, this thing is... Uh, the defense, you should be able to light up. But why are we thinking we're going to have to go out there and line up five stiffs and the best one of the bunch right now is Charles Leno, and yet he's a stumble bum. I want to get to your thoughts on the guy who played center last week, Sam Mustafer, and what that could possibly mean for a this. free up- agent from Notre Dame, starting his very first game in the NFL. I thought he did all right, though. He did fine. So why you not maybe leave him there, you move Whitehair out. Put Whitehair at left guard. Whitehair is not a center. I've been, I've been telling you that since day one, Mark. You, you have, OB. And the reason he was put at center is because Trubisky is too dumb to know how to make stupid strength calls. Which, you know, every quarterback in the league does in a natural fact. 312-981-7200. Mitchell Trubisky with a shoulder injury on the one play that he got in there. Oh, that sucks for it. Mitchell Trubisky. I know you're I know. Stop it. Yeah, I know. Can't read, can't decide, can't throw. Mike and Byron, welcome to WGN Hampton OB with you till 10. Hey, Go ahead, buddy. I, I, I got to agree with OB on two points. First of all, the tight end. You know, when you put Jimmy Graham... In the middle of the field, yeah, he might go straight, a little fast, but then when he makes the bend, he looks like a meatloaf coming out of the oven with ketchup all over him. Meat, Jimmy Graham looks like a meatloaf with ketchup like all over him. Coming out of the oven with ketchup all over him. He can't, he doesn't know how to run after he makes a turn. He just doesn't do it. You got to use that guy in the red zone. In in the red zone. In the red zone. The red zone. Nick didn't know how to do it on Sunday. He was out there for somebody else. He gets the jump ball. Uh, hey, Mike, okay. great call. And I'm with you. There was one. Look. But doesn't this remind you of, the, of two year, three years ago? When we trade the world up to go up one pick and get Trubisky, and yet we sign Mike Glennon, the all-time stiff. So we draft a tight end, the highest pick, guaranteed, and, and we go out and sign Jimmy Graham to clutter it up. And again, there, you know, he he was a player that had certain capabilities five years ago. He was basically MIA the last two, three years. Now, he's had a couple of spots where he was able to get position, make a touchdown catch, I think twice now. Other than that, what do we got to show for it? Jimmy Graham on the year, if we look at uh, the overall Graham uh, 
package, if you will. But my point is, here's the guy on the way out the, the back door, and we got the kid that needs to be getting valuable playing time. And I'm not talking about 22 plays a game. I'm talking about 62 plays a game. Well, and he was out there for 30 snaps uh, offensively this past week. Not enough. And they threw the ball to him one time. He caught it. And then he fumbled it. They he, felt sorry for and, him. And they, they, they he fumbled it. They, Graham, for the record, has twenty nine catches. He's got four touchdown passes, uh, four touchdown catches. The the, the thing is, they he, they had him spread out, Hamp and Ob early in the game, and he throws a slant to I forget which wide receiver short of the goal line, and Graham's got an edge in the corner. This is the one thing he does. I think it was Miller. Yeah, yeah, and like right, it was. To, I think it was to Miller. Regardless, it was just the wrong call. Like, hey, that's what he does. That's your best option down there. I thought one of the better plays of the day was the pass interference that Foles was able to get for Graham in the end zone, which put him, got him uh, within a field goal late in the ball game. Like, you, that's what he. That's that's the, his only use right now. You know what? What's what, here? The version, the twenty twenty version of the Chicago Bears. Let's you pick one prop, one problem. Okay, there's offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, running backs, offensive guards, tackles. What's the one, the total defense, the total offense, what's the one problem that we have had over years, and especially since Nagy's been here? What's the one problem? Would it be fair to say it's our offense that can't convert on third down, and when they get in the red zone, they will not throw it in the end zone to try to put points on the board? Am I saying this clear enough? I haven't lost my sight yet. You're right there, Ob. That's the problem. Is our offense, not our defense. It's our offense, and it's who's directing our offense. Well, it's our game planning. It, it's all the above on the offensive side, Mark. This isn't a mystery. It's right in front of you. Do we think that Nick Foles can be a competent quarterback if you had a competent offensive line? Are we still on that train? I'd still be on it. He won a Super Bowl, my friend. Hamp, you still with Nick Foles? If you, he, yes, yes. And, and you know, here, here's the deal. He has a short amount of time to throw the ball to a 20-yard pattern, and everything has got to be absolutely perfect for it to work. And you can't do that every play because of the you know the offensive line's lack of protection. Because of the the lack of discipline by the receivers, where Foles has to guess where they're going to break, when, when they're going to present themselves, when they're going to separate. I mean, th- th- this offense is it, 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 it's it's a mess. And you know what? A smart coordinator could come in here and change it in a week. I agree with you one hundred percent, Dan. Think about this: How many players are better today than they were a year ago great, on offense? Great question. Great question. Let's talk about that coming up after seven thirty. Get to your calls to Ron, Mike, you three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred seven thirty. I told you the problem with the Bears is the offense. Seven, it's the entire group, which includes the coaches. Seven thirty. Agano, throw him in there. Check a new seven twenty WGN. Might have been better if. Foles couldn't hear that play come in. Now third down and goal. Pass is caught. Touchdown, Donnell Mooney. And the Bears are back within one possession and one score. That made it 23-20. That was on third and two. It's Hampton OB. 
on 720 WGN, brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Dan, Mark, before we go anywhere, yes, I just want to say this. Between Allen Robinson, Cole Komet, and Mooney, yeah. if we don't start employ, putting these guys quarter after quarter, every game, going to each one of three of those guys, intermediate passing, long passing, whatever, we will never get to the Super Bowl with this organization, with these players. There's only 16 damn games. You got three guys that can make a difference. Allen Robinson has got great hands. He makes the difficult catches. We've got a rocket ship in Mooney, and we've got a monster in Cole Komet and tight end, and we're not using them. I don't know if I'm willing to say we've got a monster yet in Cole Komet, but let's see what we got, right? Huh. He doesn't. You. What have you been watching? I don't. Do you see a monster hand? But correct me if I'm. I, I, I see I mean, a lot of good stuff. He's the got catch, talent. I'm not saying he doesn't have talent. The Rams was splendid. He, but, I mean, you know, hey, come on. You he's call a rookie. him what you want to call it. Yeah, I'll fumble. call him a monster. When you're 6'6 and you weigh about 260 and you can run and get separation and make the tough catches, guess what? You're a monster. L- let's go. Mo- hey, I'm in. Th- Take give, a monster th- call. Throw Monster call. Throw the ball to Cole Komet. Ron and Edgewater, thank you for your patience. Welcome to 720 WGN. Go ahead, Ron. Yeah, I was telling your producer, the Bears, the people have been so uh, seduced and mesmerized by the defense so much that they've given the offense a pass. Uh, so it's like flying a bad airline that flies into unneeded turbulence and, and <laughs> you know, almost misses a runway and things. So by the time you land, you just scratch on the ground and things. But uh, people should watch. If, if you watch, and I'm not a real big football fan, but if you watch, like, the Arizona Cardinals, the uh, Cleveland Browns before OBJ got hurt, uh maybe even Seattle, but, I mean, they got all sorts of plays that they can stretch the field and go downfield and, and do all sorts of things. And, and and people don't remember probably when when the, when the guys, uh, 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 Hampton, and, and, and the, in the 80s of Super Bowl, they had, uh, besides McMahon, they had Dennis McKinnon, Kowalski, Gentry, Galt. So they had four receivers that could – they could do things with the words now. And, and my last thing was going to say, with all this emphasis on the defense, maybe if they hadn't traded for Khalil Mack and got two or three good offensive linemen in his place, Rokon Smith and things like they might actually have an offensive line that they could do some things with. Right. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate it. Ron, mm-hmm. you know the one thing, Ron? That... How about some offensive line for the Mitch Trubisky yeah. trade? Yeah, well, I, what I look at is the draft, our, our 2020 draft. We didn't have a first-round draft pick, so we picked Cole Komet again out of Notre Dame. Smart, great pick. Now, where did we need help? Coming from last year, the year before, the year before, decades before, where do we need the help? On offense. Name a position we need help anywhere. So what do we do after we take Cole Komet in the second round? Where do we go? Defense, defense, defense. Jalen Johnson has played well, but you are right, Ob. They it was it was it was stunning. We uh, needed uh, help on the offensive line, and you know how you build a football team? Not by free agency. You build it through the draft. That's how you do it. So how the hell do you, knowing full well, we need all this help offensively, and you go out and get guys to play on the defense? They took Travis Gibson, Kendall Vildor. In the fifth round, ahead of Mooney, by the way. Think about that. Let's get Gibson and Vildor before we get Mooney. Uh, the guy Arlington Hambright, seventh round pick out of Colorado. He's starting this weekend, by the way. There's an offensive lineman. We'll see what we see on that one. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Mike Homewood, 
Let's talk some clock management. I knew this was going to come up tonight. Go ahead, Mike. Thank you, and gentlemen. Honor and a privilege. Uh, love watching you, and I like your insight and your professionalism. I, you. I, I'm having a problem with this issue, and I think you probably addressed it in previous talks. Why do we keep laying down before the halftime? Specifically, we get we, we have possession. We settle for three, and then we, we've got a couple minutes. We don't clock manage, and then we give the ball back, and, of course, Breeze – Instead of being up seventeen to three, you know they they basically score a touchdown. And I don't understand, and I, I know it's going to be naggy because I, I totally agree with what you're saying. But I feel like Foles is trying to tell the guy, and he has. We need to hurry up offense. We got to catch sometimes. You got to catch the defense. You know, a little shorthanded. You know, you got to you got to catch a little. You take take a break when you can and get up on that line and get your guys ready. And I'm a firm believer in the old school example basketball you don't lose the game in the fourth quarter in the last minute you lost it in the first quarter when you didn't hit five free throws or whatever so that's how i feel with this halftime we keep missing opportunities to take the lead or an advantage and we give up the ball every time mike to verify what gentlemen i just thought i want to know your thoughts thank you just quickly let me jump in here to verify what you're saying dan before we went on the air corrected me because i thought it was against the saints but it was against the rams when we had we had 20 seconds left just before half. 20 seconds plus a timeout. Plus a timeout and 20 seconds. And he gives it up and the Bears run into the locker room. Now, what do you think Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, what do you think with their coaches they would have done with 20 seconds and a timeout? Called it? That was unbelievable what Nagy pulled there. 20 seconds and a timeout, and you just fluff it away and run in at halftime. My God. And you're down, and you're looking for something, a spark. Somehow, some way, we talk. You, you, you so eloquently said how fast Mooney is. And, hey, send it. Max protect and a two-man route and throw it deep. What's the worst that's going to happen? They intercept it, and then you, you, okay, you rally tackle, and it's over. But at least you tried something. But what about the other two things? He could catch it. You call timeout and get a kick. Or you get an interference, and then you could kick. So th- th- there, was, there was no downside except Nagy, who's got his damn nose into his play chart. He didn't even see the fight or the sucker punch of Javon Wims 20 feet in front of him. And so you think he's going to be able to manage the clock while he's got his nose stuck in his playbook? I mean, the whole thing is ludicrous. Let me just, uh, Dan, I want to add on to what you just said. You know, I, I remember I alluded to 20 seconds with a timeout to go. Now, the rules are, you go downfield, like Dan said, the guy could catch it. It could be interference. He could drop the ball, whatever. But let's, you, you get down there. Folks, if it's interference, which happens quite a lot in the National Football League, the, if if there's nothing left on the clock, and if there's a if there's an interference call, defensive interference call, you get another play. You'd get another play, An either to kick down. a field goal or guess what, go for it in a touchdown. Now, if you go downfield the second time, and there's and, and again there's no time. But guess what? If they pull another interference, guess what? You get the ball put on the one yard line. You get another shot. But how could he defend himself 
or how could he miss this situation with 20 seconds and a timeout to go with Dan and I just telling you what the hell could have happened if, if you would have known what you were doing? Well, okay, wait a minute. That was nine days ago. Let's talk about Sunday. Thank you. Here's the, here's, here's the, the, the elephant in the room. If Nagy is going to play chicken, you know what, and, and not try to score and go ahead and give them the ball, the Saints, they weren't going to lay down. He needs to go down there and tell Pagano, hey, I'm going to put through, uh, your boys under the gun. Tell them to play some defense. Get after people and don't be giving them 25-yard cushions. Even Troy Aikman. The genius was saying, why, why are they playing so soft? Why are they giving up all this yardage? I mean, it's, it's nuts. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing and vice versa or vice versa. All I know is that this, this may be one of the worst coach teams I've ever seen. And you know what? I know they're five and three. Well, if you look at it right now, if the playoffs started, they're not in it. Because they squandered such good fortune, and the worst one was Sunday afternoon at 325. Well, you know what? The last two things that Dan and I pointed out, folks, I'm going to tell you something. You want to talk about about uh, the play and, and the coaching of this team and this coaching staff, I'll tell you what. How do you not? When you have time with a timeout, how the hell do you not try to make it count? How do you not? You know, you're not playing 189 or 190-some games. You're not playing in hockey 85, 89, There's 16 games. You take advantage of every second, every minute of every game. And here's one other thought. That's right. Your Bears are the most penalized team in football. To me, that means... That you don't pay attention to detail and you're undisciplined. You know what that's a reflection on? And that's Wimps! You think he did that thinking I'm going to get cut if I hit this guy in the, in the face? No, he didn't have no... He 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 could, he knows nobody's going to do nothing. Nobody's going to even say anything to him. The league uh, suspended him for two weeks. But you know what? What happened the next play? It was second and five when, num- when he should have went back to the huddle. But what happened? No, now it's second and 20. What happens? Now Foles has got the, the thundering herd after him, and he throws an interception. So this idiot pulling that kind of a stupid, selfish act puts the team but you know, in front of the bus, and we never were able to recover. It was unbelievable. You think Dickett would have put up for that for the state? Dickett would have been on the field punching him in the head. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. And I would have been right behind him. Well, I remember, I remember Mike Dickett. What was it, Ricky Watts? I can't remember exactly what it was a receiver. He did something that was egregious. I'm, I'm not quite sure. He was sure. running bad routes, and he had a what, drop or two. And, and guess what? Mike Ditka came in, what was it, on, on Monday? Monday after the game. Monday after the game, came in into the locker room, went to his locker, took all his clothes, put it in boxes, and took it and threw it out into the yard. Threw it out at the, front, a, out the out, front door. Out the front door of Hallis Hall. You want to talk about putting fear of God in players and holding their feet to the fire? The man did it. $88,000 Javon Wims got fined. Here's a guy who's a fringe how player. Much is a, how much is a loss worth, okay? Because not only did everything come off the rails after that, 
But, I mean, you can go back and point right at that moment in time the offense was completely taken off its rails. Yep, and they, they still had their chances, but it went south for a long period after that. Hey, uh, Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering, we had an amazing dinner tonight, family-owned and operated. We had the mac and cheese night, the chicken, the Italian beef. Whoa, the barbecued beans were oh. off the charts. I, I, I got to get... An, a bib for OB. He got it on his shirt. Oh, no. But I, I, I'll tell you, it was I worth it. Wasn't it? <laughs> and I still nailed the shirt. It was worth it, though. Yes, it was. Hey, I'm, I'd wear a dress shirt in here to have a, a second helping of those baked beans. They were out of this world. Located 144th and Pulaski in Midlothian. Bartolini's open seven days a week, dining, patio seating, and to-go orders. Yes, OB? No, just... No, no. You want me to get to the callers when we come back? Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Don't, hey, no. callers, hang in there. We'll get you right when we come back, or we'll throw Mark over uh, the into a Bartolini's pit of beans. Get right. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. It's Hamp. It'll be till ten on seven twenty WGN. We've talked about it as a staff. We've talked about it, you know, with Nick. It, it is our job, and it's his job now. To <clears throat> all of us have to step up and and be able to adapt. I mean, that's kind of been our, our word this whole time is ad- adjust and adapt and expect the unexpected. And every day it's always something new. Matt Nagy, your Chicago Bears head coach. Hampton OB till 10 o'clock tonight. Cause coming up at 9. Hampton OB brought to you by Chevy Drive Chicago. Kowalski's coming on at 9. Kowalski. Who is that what he's that? Is that who he was talking about? <laughs> Kozlowski. <laughs> our, our buddy who made the call, he was great. That was awesome. Excuse me, your ex-friend? I mean, <laughs> that's my guy. Kowalski. That's, that's Hamp's guy. They've been best buddies for a long, long time. 35 long, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we got a new segment for you on Hamp and OB. It's called Essential Questions, and it's sponsored uh, by the Marquee Sports Network, where you get to see Hamp. Uh, sit alongside Tom Thayer sometimes, do some Bears analysis. Uh, we posted these questions on our Facebook page. You can check it out. Hamp will be in Kaz on Facebook. Curtis does a great job taking care of that. We The question that we asked to, uh, this week was, have you hit the panic button on the Bears? John, no panic button. The Bears who... The Bears are who we thought they were. Great defense that is constantly overworked. No offense and a head coach who's a hero in his own mind. The Wims incident proves that coaching has no control over this team. I think we touched on that tonight. Yeah, uh, yes, we did. Tell you, this is a hell of a nice observation. Little... Yeah, very good. Adam says, how about the panic button on A-Rob finally deciding he's done with this team? No doubt he will keep playing hard, but him separating himself from the offense after the late game drive is not a good sign for keeping him on this team for next year. That that means back to having no true number one wide receiver. Now that it matters much with this offense, it was interesting that Arod was walking around and, and super frustrated. Yeah, well, he needs to put a cork in it. Uh, hey, look, every, are you happy with what you're getting paid? Nobody, th- yeah, everybody thinks they need more. Okay, well, guess what? You signed a contract to play this year for X amount. Play it out, okay? And if you if, if you're catching 14 balls a game, guess what? The reward it will be there. But here's the other part. Who's the who's who's the captain of this of this you know stooge group, huh? He's got to be looked at as a leader, and he's over there you know, you know mouthing off to himself or whatever he's doing. Hey, somehow, some way, this team needs leadership, and you know you can say what you want about Nagy and all this nonsense. I'm just telling you, leadership. 
comes from the locker room. And you know what? We haven't had it. And they thought number 10 was a leader. Spare me. I'm just telling you. Robinson, you are a leader. Whatever your issues are, you deal with it. The other 128 hours a week, the three hours you're on the field, you do everything you can to help your team win. Let me tell you something here. Listen, accountability. Where does it begin and where does it end? Accountability on a football team comes from the head coach. He's the guy that had his, it's got his hands all over the offense, all over the defense, special teams, all over his position coaches, offensive and defensive coordinator. He's the guy that's got to pull the trigger. He's the man that sets the tone. And lays down the, the law. And there was no law laid down. And that's why, and I, I was thinking about that when I, I walked away. Nobody, and, and I, I can't remember anybody on my teams, the 12 years, ever punching anybody like that. Okay, now there were melees and a little fight here and there. But just to walk up and sucker punch somebody? It was crazy. No, no, he would have been cut on the spot, okay? And yet, what do we hear? Nothing, nothing. They wait for the league to, to be the man and lay down the law. Well, he thought that he was coming to the rescue of Anthony Miller. Who oh, had, spare me. Right, that's what he thought. Like, the, the, Well, then you don't need him on your team if that's what he thinks because he ain't thinking so good. You follow me? I, the, I don't need people like that. Good point, Dan. So let me ask you something about Anthony Miller, who's got a lot of talent. and He's close. I mean, hey, he, he's walking a line too. So every time, and I'm not saying every time, but it's most times, Whenever he gets tackled, whenever he goes out of bounds, the official's right there, and he never gives him the football. Does anybody notice that? He's always yeah. – it's. Uh, I, I just don't it's, – it's a very small thing that maybe I should be paying attention See, to. See, when, like, when I played, I, 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 tried, I tried to be invaluable, okay? I, it, it would kill me if I had to come off the field and I wasn't out there because it would be like, well – I'm supposed I'm supposed to be the man. I need to be the this guy, and you know I, I need to be as valuable as I can to this organization. And all these, all this, you know, collateral nonsense crap that we're seeing. It's all about them. It's not about the team. And the great coaches they put down the law where everybody knows what's in store. They don't. This this coaching staff. Especially the head coach, they don't put these kids. You got to hold their feet to the fire. And, and again, this isn't this isn't where you play a bazillion games, folks. It's it's almost next to like a one and done season. That's how good you got to be every day, every sixteen weeks. Let me read a couple more of these on our Hamp and OB Essential Questions. Check out the Facebook page brought to you by the Marquee Sports Network. Uh, Jose, panic button. I'm way past the panic button. More like wanting for Pace, Nagy, and hopefully Ted Phillips to get fired already. That's Jose. Kim, I'm a Bears fan. My panic button wore out a long time ago. So frustrating that with all our good players, we can't get it done. Nagy's strategies and play calling is cringeworthy. We look incompetent even after a win. Forget the panic button. We need a plunger. Thought you guys might like that one. And Dave, panic button. Nope. Nagy will spew his nonsense. The zone read runs are tired. Seems like he likes the short side of the field at critical times. Why? I don't have a clue. That shovel pla- uh, shovel pass play was complete garbage. A decent high school defense would sniff that one out. So in my opinion, he failed on the play calling front. Got a guy that takes his takes his most valuable assets and uses them to sucker punch a guy with a helmet on. 
a play later than the actual incident. It was actually, the, the truth of the matter is the incident happened. He ripped happened. his mouthpiece off. Big deal. Big yeah. damn deal. I was, Jesus. I was really, you know, you, you mentioned Aikman. He was killing the Bears all night. I mean, just just crushing. How many teams do you think he saw and covered in his twenty years or whatever? Okay, he's putting the cheese on the cracker, folks. He's telling you what you're seeing, and it ain't pretty. I mean, it was. I was like, wow. This and is- here's the here's the other part of it. Yeah. Okay. Despite the fact that Chuck Pagano runs some kind of a third-rate defense where he's got Khalil Mack backpedaling on a bad ankle and Alvin Kamara runs a, a, a skinny post for 40 yards like Khalil Mack was going to cover him? Are you kidding me? Are you are you that deranged? But, uh, hey, what about uh, they, they run Cook and Taysom Hill on, on, on slants on the goal line? It's the easiest throw in football. Nobody takes the inside away. I mean, how stupid are we playing? And yet, we had a chance to steal a win. And no, the Bears are too stupid to take it. 8 o'clock, we'll check the news. Come on back here, second hour of the show. Kaz joining us at 9. Phone calls are welcome. 312-981-7200 on 720 WGN. Oh, now we got a fight. They, they are going at it. At first, I thought they were joking, but that's Wins, Javon Wins. And Janoris Jenkins. With C.J. Gardner-Johnson involved as well, and that was uh, that was the, real. Yeah, and I think they're going to get Wims. I mean, I, I think when the flag came out, they caught Wims. He's bouncing around as though he's going to that that the flag's going to be on the Saints. I'm not so sure. This happened well after the play. I mean, it, it's over. The play's over. Whoa! I don't even know what that was about. So Javon Wims, for the record, had had a couple of nice moments. Most people in the city probably had never heard the name Javon Wims, except for diehard Bears fans. Now everybody knows Javon Wims' name. I'm sitting there looking at him like, dude, what are you doing? You're not the richest guy on the planet. They're gonna, you're going to get a huge fine. I mean, $88,226.66. And to the point that you guys are making, you might get cut. What in the world are you doing? You don't have the leverage to do that. I, I, it's truly unbelievable. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred is the phone number. Hamp and OB with you till ten o'clock. Cause coming up at nine. We're brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado. I want to get back to a Matt Nagy thing in a second, but Professor Doug wants to, I think, defend yeah, Javon Wims. Go ahead, Professor Doug. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, great show as always. I love your Sox games too. Listen, Javon was attacked at the eye. All his football fans know they tried to attack his eye to put his eye out because he was getting hot. And when that happens in football, your team has got to get around you and pay the bills, whatever it's going to cost them to get him back. But you shouldn't fire him from the game. It's a great game. D- Professor Doug? That in baseball, when somebody does that in baseball and you're sliding to second base, at Comiskey Park, I'm at IIT, right between the Bears and I, and uh, Comiskey, you know, for the Sox. Somebody does that, tries to put out your eye in baseball, you got to go after him. Hey, Professor Doug, you're, you're a longtime Bears fan? Bears, Sox, and Bulls. Can you ever remember another play like that on the football field watching the Bears? He should not have shown emotion. I, I'm not a professor intellectual guy, but... 
when your team says he's screwing with you, and it shows it on video way back throughout the entire game that he was trying to poke his eyes out, then you got to go after him. All right, Professor Doug, I I don't. I think we're you're going to get a whole you lot of agreement here. You go between the whistles. And you know what? Then you engage him and you body slam him, blocking him, whatever you got to do. You don't go up and sucker punch anybody. That's that's the, you're putting, that's, that's a ticket to out uh, to the back door. Yeah, Doug, however you want to look at it, you can't put yourself ahead of the te- ahead of the team for, no matter how egregious or whatever it was that happened on the field. You just can't do it. It's called discipline. So let's talk about Matt Nagy before halftime. It's 13-3. to The Saints have the football. It's 3rd and 13. There's 58 seconds left. The Saints are on the 40-yard line. All right? Now, Matt Nagy decides to call timeout. If you go best-case scenario, incomplete pass, the Saints punt. Bears get the ball inside their own 20, right? Call it, uh, you know, whatever. There's 48 seconds left. And you've got Nick Foles in this offensive line. Did it, When you guys were watching that, I mean, Ham, did you have any reaction? Why are you calling timeout? Because I was sitting there and I'm like, why are you calling timeout? What, what are we, the... Uh, There's if, no rhyme or reason. It made no sense. You know, and, and, okay, and... How do you not know your team? Well, but more importantly, hey... When we played Joe Montana in 1988 in the championship game here in the frigid cold, Fridge had a broken leg and Richard had a broken arm. They were out. It's just me and Mongo and some guys. And yet they went maximum protection all night long. And you know why? They just said, hey, we're going to beat you with two wideouts. But the point is, the rush was non existent we couldn't you know i can't beat two and three guys every play nobody can and yet joe montana was able to throw three touchdown passes in mass max protection so if you do call timeout and we do stop them go maximum protection and throw it up we talked about that at the end of the first half in the rams there are ways you can get things accomplished there are ways you can get a playoff but at the end of the day, if he wasn't going to do it then, you know, now all of a sudden he's going to get emboldened, which I, I don't have a problem with. And yet, we didn't stop him. You bring it up that year. Uh, there was a note in uh, one of Brad Biggs' piece this year, this uh, week, talking about the Bears putting together back-to-back winning seasons. Because you had 12-4, and four, and then you go 8-8 eight eight last year, so you didn't do it. Last time they had back-to-back winning seasons was 05 and 06. That's right. Now, how hard that, – like, that's almost impossible to be that – go that long without back-to-back winning seasons. The last time they won three in a row, that would be 1984 to 1988. You guys won 62-17. and 17. Now, I, I just bring that up just to say this. You can – you can point it at, at uh, a zillion things going on here, but like it, it, at some point, it's always the top of the food chain here. And when you have an organization that's just not this, you know, every I think everybody knows this, but it's like you, when you have that le- level of dysfunction and that much non-success for year after year after year, it's more than just what's you know Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and all that type of stuff. It's like well, who is making the decisions around here? 
And that's obviously not ever going to change. And we're talking about the defense, Super Bowl defense, yada, yada, yada. Well, guess what? This defense has given up almost 400 yards a game. Now think about that. That's 400 yards a game. They've got 17 sacks through the first half of the season. Extrapolate that out, will you? 34 for the year, okay? That's pathetic. You know, we average 60 a year for, you know, big stretches of, you know, when I played. To have 34 sacks, that's, that's, and and think of the, the money that we are spending on the pass rush with Hicks, Mack, and Quinn. Think of, think of the money. Quinn with the 70 million? 70 Uh, million. 40, 30, 40 is guaranteed. 30 guaranteed. He's got one sack. And he only played 30 plays last week. 30 plays. I, I, I'm just saying. W- 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 and this defense. Don't you have to take a long thing. look at Pace, the general manager? Well, let's take a look at long look at uh, Chuck Pagano. You know, we're getting, I think he's getting a free pass here. And the defense has been good in spots. But if we're so good, why do we have to come up with the, you know, uh, miraculous, you know, last second finishes against the Giants? The crummy Giants drove it the length of the field, was throwing into the end zone from about the 20-yard line when the game ended. Detroit had a touchdown to beat us, and a rookie back, DeAndre Swift, drops it. And our defense is so great. I mean, we're living by our fingernails on the, you know, the five wins, and then everybody's going, oh, the defense is so... No, the whole damn thing is starting to rot. And... Again, it's almost like everybody's doing what they want to do. Khalil Mack plays when he wants. Uh, this guy, he's in there. I will tell you, three bright spots this past weekend, Obeam. The two inside linebackers had their best games, Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan. Trevathan had his best game, and he was all over the place, as, as was Roquan. Cairo Santos, this kid has quietly become money. I'm telling you. And you know what? You can say what you want. I remember when we would be here in the post game talking about two throws that Trubisky threw in a game, in a whole game. Two really good throws. Foles threw about 20 great throws last week. That one, that two yard out to Mooney for the touchdown. I mean, that, that, that was Tom Brady-esque. I mean, it was on the money and on time and it was placed perfectly. I mean, there's some good stuff, but we got everybody else. I mean, the other 49 Coaches and players better get their heads out of you-know-where and start pulling on the rope. Speaking of huge Nick Foles throws, and you're talking about Cairo Santos before he hits his 51-yarder, I mean, it was third and 15, and he put it on the money to Anthony Miller uh, which uh, to, to set up the, the last field goal, yeah. which, which was a huge play. All right, let me, let me jump in here. On and he runs out bit. of bounds and won't give the ball to the official. Listen... <laughs> It's just just annoying. If our game plan is going to be that we've got to set it up for us to kick a field goal to win a game, or we got to set get in an area where he can kick a fifty-one, a forty-six, or whatever, is that our goal? Quarter after quarter, game after game, it never should come down to that. It's scoring touchdowns. It's converting on third down. You can't ask the, a kicker to go down, and that's our number one offensive weapon is a kicker? Are you kidding me? He's MVP right now. 
quick I mean, time. Danny, it never should come down to that. Hey, look at the never. look at the playoff loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. It comes down to double doink. It never should have came down to that. Remember how we, how many times were we down there and we never bothered to go into the end zone to score a touchdown? It never should have came down to that. Let's get a quick timeout in here. And uh, yes, calls are welcome. 312 981 7200. Cos coming up with you till 10. Hampton OB building a bridge to the Tennessee Titans. Noon kickoff on Sunday, 720 WGN. I, I think that's something we're working on putting a finger on and figuring out. And it's going to take the coaches and the players to do that. And the biggest thing is just going in, you know, at halftime and talking through things and just making sure we're ready to roll going into the third quarter. And that's something we can work through and get right. Um, but once again, it goes back to trusting one another to get it right. And, it, you know, third quarter has been a, a lull for us throughout the season. It, it has been unique, but, uh, you know, we have an opportunity to fix it and we're going to work towards it. It's quarterback Nick Foles. You guys got any solutions on the third quarter? Hampton will be with you till 10. Brought to you by Chevy Drives Chicago.com. I don't get it, really. You go into halftime, you hang out, get a little, little snack, you check your phone, you have a little moment with the guys. Hey, we're going to come out and do this. You would check think. Check your phone. Who <laughs> wouldn't check their phone? I'm sure they do. No, they definitely uh, do. Uh, look. We've, we've talked about this ad nauseum, that the really smart coaches, there's a reason why they defer when when they win. They corn toss at the beginning of the game because they're smart and they want to control maybe the most important 10 minutes of the contest. That would be the last five minutes of the first half and the first five minutes of the second half. Okay? Now, I'll tell you this. Buddy Ryan talked about this all the time, and this was a long time ago. It's like, oh, this is all new and creative. No, it's being smart. But essentially, the halftime is a chance for you to let bad momentum, you know, dissipate and try to, you know, regroup and come up with a game plan for the second half, especially if you're getting the ball that you can execute and go down and score. And football, okay, it's about who scores the most points. But in the in a bigger sense, it's about asserting your will. And this goes back to the defense. You know, oh, oh the defense is so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're giving up 400 yards, and they go right down the field in critical situations, and we can't stop anybody. Now, that is inherent upon the coaches to make adjustments and create not only a mindset but a game plan that you think can be effective now has that shown to be the case with the chicago bears this year dan i think what have we scored in the third quarter one touchdown one touchdown folks i think one field goal one touchdown in eight games in the third quarter after making your adjustments and you come out and you got the ball so that one te- touchdown. So that tells you that they don't know what the hell they're doing. Because every team has liabilities. Every team has weaknesses. And you have to, you know, the first half you're kind of feeling each other out, seeing what works, what doesn't. If the running game's going, by the way, Montgomery, David Montgomery, you know, ran the ball 
the best he has this year, 89 yards total. But did we come out and try to establish the run? Did we try to come out and and get the ball back downfield to Mooney on uh, on the deep post? Or no, we didn't do anything. We it's just like it's almost like the third quarter. We're not qualified to do anything. We let the other team do it. Bears in the third quarter of the season, zero, zero. Week three, zero. Week four, zero. Week five. Zero. Week six, seven. Uh, week, week five, I'm sorry, seven. Six and seven and eight. We scored zero. a touchdown against Tampa Bay in the third quarter, didn't we? Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was it. By the way, uh, opportunity for you, 3 one, two. See, I don't have a computer I'm looking at. It's I, just off. I, mean, I, I, just I can remember that. That tells you my brain is scarred. <laughs> week six is when they scored. I, I don't know how people have the... Yeah, I know. It was, it was that third quarter. It was against week six. One, two, three, four. It was against the Panthers. No, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's dead. They scored dead. one touchdown in eight games in the third quarter. That is correct. That's the beginning and end that's of the story. That's all that matters. Yeah. It's all that matters. That is all that matters. Correct. All right. Hey, uh, if you can fix, just we need a suggestion. If you can fix, give a reason. How do you fix the Bears in the third quarter? One touchdown all season long. Who's got an answer? We got 50, we got a $50 gift card to Barnolini's Restaurant and Catering for you. Family-owned and operated, serving the best Italian cuisine in Chicagoland, plus the world-famous meatballs located 144th in Pulaski in Midlothian, seven days a week, dine-in, patio seating, to-go orders, details at Bartolini's.com. $50 gift card. We're just we are looking for a solution that makes even a drop of sense for the Bears in the third quarter. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Ob will decide. You know what the huge negative is? That's after you come in and you have all your stats and you put together what you're going to do and you sit down with your quarterback after you go with your coaches and you come out. This is how we're going to attack. This is how we're going to change the game plan. Right. And you score one touchdown in eight games in right. the third quarter. It's, it's impressive. It's impressive and it's pathetic, right? And somebody may call in and say punt on first down. Who knows? I mean, that might be. You guys can decide. We'll we'll, we'll go through some calls here to start the old uh, eight thirty here. I mean, we we'll, we we we'll, we'll leave the contest open until nine o'clock. Solutions for the Bears in the third quarter. I'd like to believe that it's possible this week against Tennessee, down in Nashville. They're going to come out from that halftime and they're going to blitz the Titans. Derrick Henry's not even going to see the football in the third quarter. The Bears are going to be so good. How big is that kid? Oh, my what God. He's about, unbelievable. He's about like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, weighs about 2. He, what does he weigh, Dan? 6'3", so, 250. 250. He's the running he can back, fly. folks. Yeah. <laughs> he's fast, and he's a problem. And when you start worrying about you know committing to the run, they go maximum protection, and Ryan Tannehill leads, the, leads the league in play-action pass yardage per play attempt. All right, let's uh, let's get one call in here before the eight thirty news on what we can do in the third quarter. Lynn, you've dialed fastest, so go ahead. This is really my husband speaking, uh, and he said that the personnel is the personnel. You can't change them, but you can change the play caller. And so the, he says you have somebody else call it, except for Nagy. Well, that could be a winner right there. <laughs> hey, Lynn, tell your husband's very—he's <laughs> pretty smart about it, isn't he? Yeah, I would say so. Lynn, you're you're you. What's your husband's name? Tom. Tom, you and Lynn and Tom are in the running. You're hang on, all right. Thank you. All right, we got to. Well, that's not bad. That was pretty damn good. Yeah, well, but a little. Hey, 
very much down the middle here, Linden Town. Not that it's, it's okay. Maybe we'll give it to the down the middle, but I'm looking for something outside the, the box here. The soul of wit is brevity. It didn't take long <laughs> to get to that. You know, what did I... Well, I heard what was a, important about... They called right away, and they had an answer. Well, that's how... What Are you, are you surprised? Our listeners are and on to me, to- that's bingo! Yeah. You no, got we, it. You no, know, we got Steve, we got Jordan, we got Charlie. They're all going to get their shot at this OB, and then you can decide. This is you, you have to... All the precincts have to come in here, and then you can make your decision. No, we, we make it as a team here. There's three of us. Okay, okay, it's a team thing. Okay, I like that. 312-981-7200. Come on back with the solutions to the third quarter. 830, check a new 720 WGN. Camp and OB. It's a 51-yard drive. And a timeout is taken. As Santos hits it, he's going to have to do it again. I've had a call timeout before, and I got to see the kick, and I've made it every time. I think it helps you. Good snap, good hold. Santos is good. And this game is tied. Now back to Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich. It is indeed Hamp and OB with you till 10 o'clock tonight, 312-981-7200 as we're looking for a solution to the third quarter blues. The Bears have scored one touchdown, one in the third quarter all season long. And my memory is slipping me. It wasn't Tampa Bay, Hamp. Was it the Carolina? Uh, yeah, I think it was Carolina. It was Carolina. There you go. There it was. Nick Foles, a one-yard run on a 10-play, 56-yard drive with 144 to go in the third quarter. Memories right there. All right, so. You know how hard you got to work at work at that not to score? <laughs> you would think by accident, somehow, someway, even if it's not like the offense. Know, I'd like to know what the Kansas City Chiefs have scored in the um, third quarter. Oh, my God. I just, I'm just saying, you got a coach that knows what he's doing. All right, 312-981-7200. We're looking for a solution to the third quarter blues, $50 gift card to Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering on the line. Steve, what do you got here? How do, how do the Bears solve their third quarter? Oh, man, it's an honor. i got Hall of Fame football players call me a sixth grade science teacher for advice on how to win a football game. This is the greatest <laughs> moment of my life, I'm telling you. But it's really simple. Every movie you watch about a football game, the coach goes in there and he hollers and he screams, right? Nagy's got to go in there. He's got to give a gladiator speech, brave heart. You know, you can take our football, you can take our wives, you can take our cheerleaders, but you're not going to win this game from us. You're not going to take it. they got to do that kind of stuff, man. I mean, you, these guys... Wait, hold just, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Steve. Pause. You just you just went for it. You gave your halftime speech. So we, got the, we got the Hall of Famers here. Did, yeah. did, did, did you feel it, Hamp? I did. I did. And I, and I like it. And obviously, do you think that is happening? OB, you're the, the world champion. Did you feel it, Steve's speech? Yeah, you well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's obvious. They're walking out of that locker room and they're half asleep, you know, like you say, checking their phones, checking their Instagram, doing little selfies and all that kind of crap, like junior high kids. And they've got to come out there like men and win a football game. All right. It's not happening. All right, hang on, Steve. You're in the, you're in the running here. Let's get Jordan up here. Bears solutions to the third quarter. What do we do? I like that one, though. That, that, I, I, that, I, I do. Scream at him. Jordan, what do you got? What do I got? I think, you know what, OB and, and Hampton know this. You need a head coach, guys. <laughs> this guy is not a head coach, okay? Get Pagano in there, and maybe you got something. You look at the ownership. It trickled, the trickle-down effect. You need to sell the club, okay? 
Have fun, guys. So hold on. Okay, thanks, Jordan. Switch out Pagano for Nagy. Would you make that trade right now? I just went through a, a, a litany of problems I've got with the defense. And, <laughs> you know, hey, obviously they're, they're, they're performing better than the offense, but they've got a lot, a lot better players. And the money has been spent, and the draft picks have been allocated to the defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like I like you know. But back to the head coach, real quick, Ob. Yeah. You know we, we've talked about this for the team to have been five and one two weeks ago. We all kind of agreed in a mutual sense that the team is it's it's viable, it's functioning, despite Nagy and his idiotic offensive play calling. And now. We're saying, oh well, now he's not a good head coach. I, you know, I'll be honest with you, you know, I don't know what he does at halftime, and maybe he does give a rah rah thing. But I'll tell you this, we we weren't always down. We weren't always, you know, in shambles, and the coach needed to grab us by the jugular and get our attention. Once in a while, maybe once a year, twice a year, Dicka would, you know, he'd he'd go off and give us a fifty second. You know, I'll tell you what's going to happen if you don't, you know, and threaten us. And, and it, trust me, it works. It does. Well, Jordan, here's the one thing that, that I see with Nagy that jumps out at me about his coaching. Okay, about his coaching and how he perceives, how he, how he communicates to his players and his fellow coaches. All right. What he does, as the way I see it, he wants to be – Everybody on that team, including his coaches, he wants to be their best friend. He wants to be their top friend, their best friend. You're my buddy. I love you, and you love me. And you he got my does back. It. He does it. Yeah, you got my back. I got your back. Somebody's got this. Everybody's got everybody's back everywhere. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, that's what I see in him. He wants to be their buddies, his players. He wants to kid with him. Hey, cute. Yeah, hey, cute. Yeah, all this stuff. Instead of requiring these people to do on both sides of the ball what the hell it takes to win a football game and be prepared. That's what I think his problem is. His main problem is that he wants to be the players. He wants to be their best friend. You're not their best friend. You're the head coach. You know, and... Everybody, parenting is, is, you know, kind of you learn on the job, right? Well, and I know my wife says all the time, you know, you can't be your kid's best friend. You got to be their parent. You got to be a head coach. You can't be grab assing and being buddy buddy and That's all that. That's what he does, Dan. Well, what about what about the the the, the hugging and whispering in Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky's ear on Monday Night Football and all that stuff? I mean, it was. Well, that's because he knew the TV's oh, TV boy. was on him. You just gave a great parenting lesson, by the way. It, you you, you got to be the parent, man. You're not the best friend. You got to hold standards. Oh, Some, yeah. Somebody's got to do it. The biggest disappointment i see in naggy and he doesn't get it he doesn't understand you're not their best friend you're the head coach of the chicago bears one of 32 teams on planet earth act like it well and if you go back to when they were five and one and he was talking about getting on that plane and then it's great then we get on the plane and kyle fuller sits behind me on the plane and we were talking on the plane and some guys read on the plane and other guys sleep on the plane and some guys you know they look at the plays and i'm like what is this is this high school that's 
this is what I this is my number one complaint for him. That's what he does wrong. And if he can eliminate that and start holding people's feet to the fire and accountability on both sides of the ball, plus his coaches, instead of being lovey-dovey all the time. Well, I'll tell you one other uh, thought, and we're going to get right back to the phones, is if at halftime he'd say, okay, the outstanding player in the second half gets a $50 uh, gift card to Bartolini's. Man, we may see a Super Bowl before we know it. <laughs> Charlie in Berwyn, what's your solution? Are they paying you on the side? Uh, yes, Charlie. I'm listening to you guys, and I got a, a simple uh, solution. Just get a good offensive line and... Get a better play caller, and there you go. All right, Charlie. Problem hey, solved. There, it, it would do a lot. A good offensive line Charlie, would help. You, is, still on, is he still on the hey, line? I let Charlie go. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what I was, I, I, I was going to say, are you going to trust Pace, our general manager, <laughs> to find those people, Charlie? I'll, I, I can yeah. answer for Charlie. The answer that Charlie would say is no, I'm going to trust. Uh, and by the way, back to Nagy talking about on the plane from Carolina. I, I was just thinking best about. Best friends. I could see Nagy in the Arena League on a bus stopping at Wild Wings, you know, and them all having a big time eating wings. <laughs> see, and that's a great life. I, there's nothing wrong with that. I like, a, like you know, back in my Division Two play-by-play days, I loved being on the bus stopping at Whataburger and, and having a I, – I was doing the women's play-by-play. I mean, play. that's what I was thinking about. Right. Like, You're – Pro football team on a jet, you know. <laughs> Jen White told me to, to the head coach. She said, tell, "Hey, Mark, tell him you're the bus driver. You can you can eat for free. I'm not I'm, I'm not the bus driver. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the I'm the webcaster. You guys are paying for my cheeseburger. Uh, we got to take a quick break, OB. But when we come back, Dan, Brian, Tony, Pat, and Doug, hang in there, guys. We'll try to get to our solution for the third quarter on 720 WGN. <laughs> All right, hey, Hampo, Jeff Vukovic, he's back in the W. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's right here in that WGN huddle. He knows the insurance biz. OB Vuk. He prides himself on I doing like that. it. Little, it's a little that, bit different than Dan's. No, but that was good. I liked it. Nationwide is on your side. Check Vuk. out jeffvuk.com. Nationwide, Vuk. indeed, on your side. Hey, Kaz is coming up at 9. we got a lot of people with solutions to the Kowalski's third. coming. Yeah, Kow- Glenn Kowalski. Kowalski will be here. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Kapowski will be here. At uh, at nine o'clock, you might that's Saved by the Bell. If you guys well, don't get that, well, guess reference. what, Mark? You lost another friend. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. I'm the drain. Kaz <laughs> is my guy for life. Come on, uh, hey Pat and Arlington Knights. What's your solution to the Bears' third quarter blues? One touchdown all season, eight weeks. Well, here, listen. I am uh, not an expert at this, but I watch it quite a bit, and it's a pleasure to talk to three of the best NFL players that ever played the game. Only but I will tell you this. When we run Montgomery up the middle and he loses a yard, and the same play tried to run him outside and he loses another yard and a half, okay, this is not high school where we can say the coach says, well, we're going to trick them they're not going to expect us to run the same thing twice in a row okay when they He's were right. hitting all of the short passes and what does this coach do he goes ahead and runs the same damn play excuse my vulgarity twice in a row we lose all of that yardage and he believes in his mind that they weren't expecting it for heaven's sakes these are professional athletes that are getting paid millions of dollars 
they plan for everything and they watch everything and their coaches know what to plan for. That w- that is just stupid play calling, in my opinion. Well, Pat, could I add one more play to that list you just talked about? Remember what Cordell Patterson, fourth and one, and what does Nagy call? He calls a toss, a toss to a be- to Cordell Patterson bellying out to the flat, and he throws him a, a flip toss pass, and we lose two yards. Fourth and one, and we try a toss on a belly to Cordell Patterson, which, by the way, we traded Jordan Howard, and and to bring in Montgomery, we draft him high. Third and fourth and one, he's the running back. Why wasn't he in there, and why wasn't he going through the one or zero hole or the two or three hole? Instead, like you just said, Pat, a surprise. Oh, what are we going to do? Well, they won't expect a toss. We'll really catch him off guard. Wrong. Wrong. Saints, you lost two yards. Saints ran the same play this past week, although they did it with Alvin Kamara. And the, give the Bears credit. Bears defense credit. And they did a Roquan went and shot his gun up the field, and Taysom Hill was responsible for him and whiffed on him. And Roquan made a hell of a play. And so by you the know way, what that falls under? What the hell did you think was going to happen? But, and it's you to the short side of the field. When all you got is it's a fourth down and one yard, and you run the ball where? On a belly toss? To the, go, you go horizontal instead of vertical? That falls under what did you think was going to happen? It was interesting to the Anthony Miller touchdown pass that you were talking about earlier, Hamp, as far as like what to do in short yardage situations. They get down to the goal line. And two run plays right up the middle. They, the, I don't know what you can call right now. To, in their slight defense, you can't. The Bears can't run the ball in short spaces if to, to try to power it in and get a touchdown. They're, they're and, not good enough to do it. And a big part of the problem is, you know, everybody has gone to this zone blocking where they take a lateral step and then cross over with their inside or leg. That's when they, you know, if they're if they're uh, the right guard, they'll take a step with their right foot and then the left leg will cross over you have no power you don't have a base you're not coming off the ball and unfortunately the only way that works is if you've got these 330 pound road graders we don't have those guys you know cody whitehair is 275 80 and 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 james daniel was what 280 you know we're just not we have and when was the last time we tried to trap somebody? When was the last time we we threw screen passes to the running back? Think about this. Alvin Kamara, he he he's a hell of a back. But 70% of his big plays come on screens and draws. And he had a big one on on a, a wheel route uh, 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 skinny post that Khalil Mack had no was in the same zip code why, practically. Why is it is it coaching? I'm sure it's a combination. Here, bad but... design, bad plays. Nope. I said there's three phases of an offensive uh, offensive coordinator: play design, which means you got to figure out what your guys can or can't do. Then you or you basically the second part of it is the personnel. If you're going to block, then you want good tight ends blocking. Blah blah blah. You want a bigger receiver. You don't want Mooney blocking a safety. You want to get the right personnel. And the third one is down and distance and situations, knowing when and where to call certain plays. We get an F in all three categories. What about all three? What about when 
at least this week, the Saints ran a bunch of stunts, and our offensive line looked completely clueless. I mean, Rashad Coward looked like he had never played football, and I understand that he's learning a new position. The first but- sack, folks, was a, a simple tackle twist. Did you see it, OB? Yep. Rashad Coward yep. turned his shoulders and followed the defensive tackle out, and he was basically screening the the offensive tackle <laughs> and keeping him from coming underneath. It looked or like, switching. like he was playing flag football, it, it, it trying looked- to grab the, the the rag out of the guy's belt. <laughs> it's like you took two big guys off of a bus and said, okay, try to block this. And they had no idea what they were doing. And Juan Castillo is is the new offensive line coach. And eight games in, they look worse than they did the opening week. It's stunning. It's hard to believe. Some of the you know, moments out there. It's not like we played a juggernaut either, guys. Saints are good. Yeah, they're decent. They're a little better than average. Yeah. yeah okay. But, but I use the terminology juggernaut. Okay. You're fair enough. Fair enough. Hey Doug, thank you for being patient. Welcome to WGN. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes, uh never Bart star for the Green Bay Packers. Third and one, send them all the way on a flag play on your best tight end who could do the Bob Hayes 100-yard dash and connect with them. There you go. You like that one, Ob? Yes, he's singing from Ob's hymnal. <laughs> what? What? Go I, deep. I, I believe what Doug was was saying. What he's talking about with Bart Starr or with Aaron Rodgers, because both of them, because they could run the football, play action, play action is is huge in this game, and that's all you got to do is have those front seven guys stall them for a half a count or a count, and. Send Mooney down, four three forty yard dash, play action, you hold the rush, throw the ball high in the air, six points. I guys. love that Bart Starr got a reference tonight. That's huge. Hey hey folks, if you want yeah, to one first two Super Bowls. I know. I know. Me and my sidekick here, we've been screaming play action, play action, play action since you know the cows came in. Well guess what? We're gonna see it and we're gonna get a big dose of it this weekend. Dan and Schomburg, go quick. I'm going to try to get as many in here. We've got three minutes before the top of the hour. Go ahead. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. I just think, why not go with the two-minute drill real quick in the third quarter? Just start the half with the two-minute drill? Yeah, start out. Let them just keep going. Hey, Dan. down to defense. I agree with you, and I think you could add another. How about the hurry-up offense? No huddle. When the hell is the last time you've seen us? Run that, like, play after play after play. Hurry up. No, we get in the huddle. We stay in the huddle. We uh, my, we have no versatility offense-wise anywhere. Why don't we run a no-huddle offense, a hurry-up offense? You don't have to do it for four quarters. But, my God, jimmy up the game a little bit. Make the defense think a little bit. Make them work a little harder. Brian and Laporte, Indiana, go quick. How you doing? Thank you for uh, letting me on the air. As far as your uh, resolving your third quarter, or basically any quarter with them, is instead of having Nagy and Pace there, replace both of them, too, with your cardboard cutout fans. I think they can do a little bit better job. I mean, if we look at Foles. <laughs> cardboard cutout fans for Nagy and Pace. Not bad, Brian. Hang on. Got two hey, more. Brian, that was pretty good, uh, kiddo. That was up OB's alley right there. Real, two more. Tony and Addison, go quick. Yeah, real quick, uh, before I suggest my call, uh, first time I'm calling the show, and also Mike, Doug Buffon, Mike North, 
Mike was calling, calling you Obi Gamma because you said damn on a radio show, but that's what years ago. Anyway, I wanted to say that fast out of the way. But anyway, my suggestion is go hurry up, no huddle, you know, just shotgun all the way. Got it. He, Nick Foles does his best out of shotgun. We got it, Tony. Thank you for the pap you mentioned. That's very good, Tony. Yeah, it very was. Good. And a little shout out for our, your guy. Everybody's guy on some level, Doug Buffone. What's up, Squat? Last one, Squat. I had to get you in here, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Hi, guys. Uh, real quick, take a take a page out of the 49ers playbook for back, back when and choreograph 20 plays straight mix, uh, to start out third quarter and mix up with uh, what I kind of OB stole my thunder with, you know. Yeah. A uh, couple, couple plays called at once, you know, quick counts, quick hits, get off guard. But but the choreographed plays, I think it'll, it'll help. Thank you, Squat. Good to hear from you. See you, bud. All right, guys. You have a winner? A lot of good stuff, really. And back to the, the hurry-up offense. Now, when Nick Foles first got the start after the win in Atlanta, we haven't had a chance to, to be, you know, practiced sufficiently. So hopefully, maybe this is something that will seep in. All right, we'll we'll come. We'll give you a winner when we get back from news here, which is right now. The news is, is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. One more hour, Kaz coming up at seven twenty WGN. Tampa OB, final hour of the show. Catch up with our guy Kaz in just a second here. Hey, just a reminder, we are on Wednesday night tonight, obviously, because the election was last night, and we're giving you all the updates, by the way, that are coming in tonight, top and bottom of the hour, uh, with... Uh, of course, Vic Vaughn in our newsroom. If anything breaks further than that, if it gets called or anything, which we don't think is going to happen in the next hour, we, of course, will let you know. But the rest of the way going forward, we the will... Re- the last eight games, last half of the season... W- we'll be on on Tuesday nights. So it'll be right, 7 to 10, every Tuesday night. Tuesday night, 7 to 10. Tuesday night, 7 to 10. And, of course, we appreciate everybody who's listening tonight, and we appreciate uh, you checking us out uh, the rest of the way here. And what hopefully... Will be a Bears season to remember? You know what? They, Mark, <laughs> that just got, seems ridiculous hey, listen, to say. We play Jacksonville yeah. coming up. We've got winnable we, we games. Play Houston. We play my God, the we play the Vikings. They've only won two games. We play two teams that what have won one game and the and we play the the, the Detroit Lions again. They've only had three wins. So we've got a chance to get into the playoffs. That's true. We, five we and three in the second half. We'll get you there. See, I look. I looked at this particular when we got to five and one. All right, I looked at the four games coming up after that. You were at the Rams, home with the Saints, at Tennessee, home with Minnesota, going into the bye week. All right, I'm looking at that. If you can split, go two and two, then you're sitting there. You're seven and three. You're in a great spot. Now you lost the first two. Sunday was disgusting. Game you, sh- you should have, could have won. You had control of it in the first half. You absolutely imploded. You didn't get it. You lose in overtime. Now, I think you'd sign up for one and three, right? You'd sign up for splitting Tennessee and Minnesota. I think you would. Well, yeah, obviously, you you don't go in thinking, okay, we'll take a look. No, you try to win. 
Of course. But every every game, but if I said, Ham, hey, they'll split the next two, would you take it? Well, here here's the thing. Tennessee they they run on their offense. Their defense not that good. They've lost the last two games, haven't so, they, big man? They yes. Have. So they, they are they're home and they're gonna be desperate. <laughs> and they're and they're mad. Yeah. And it's the only two games they've lost all year also. But ultimately if our defense is what Everybody's saying, oh, big deal. Well, let's see it. We need to, you know, put on all the pads they can put on because they're going to need them tackling this guy. But it's, it's, it's a winnable game. Like, like I said, our offense not only needs to score 30, but they better expect to score 30. Let's bring our guy Kaz in here uh, for our final hour of the show. The Kaz man joins us. Kazi, how are you? Outstanding, guys. And uh, before we get into everything else, I just want to say this. Forget everything that happened during the game. In overtime, Anthony Miller can't drop a quick out on first down. Hit him in his bread, you know, hits him right in his stomach, drops it. If he had the courage to turn up field, which he doesn't, but if he did, he might have gotten a first down, but he dropped it. And then Jimmy Graham playing against his old team, what was with that guy? He might have been the biggest. Uh, I mean, he, he runs this little slant route and stops and then drops the ball. It hits him right in his chest. So, again, what is that, 15 yards if, you know, Miller steps out of bound and Graham catches the little slant that he stopped on? Uh, now you got a first down. I'm not going to say the Bears are going to win, but it changes the field position. That's all. And then, by the way, if you're going to fight, <laughs> you grab the guy's face mask, pull it up, and give him an uppercut so you knock him out because you're going you're gonna to get tossed either way. Don't, you know, it looked like a little kitten playing with his, uh, the big cat, the mommy, and just scratching at him. It was embarrassing. What was that dude's deal? Great start to the show from you tonight, Kaz. We 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 touched on the Javon Wims moment, but we but we did not hit the two drops in overtime, which absolutely killed the Bears. Killed them. Killed them. I mean, I, I, you know, look, there, there's so much to to go over, but that's it. When your players can't make plays in overtime, and your quarterback hits them in their stomach, in in their chest, and they can't catch the ball, you don't deserve to win. And you, it, you know, and then oh, by the way, how does Khalil Mack get hooked by a, a a wide receiver on that sweep that went for twenty or thirty yards? That's another point. Honestly, would you? I mean, where's your pride? Would you let? I mean, you two, Ed and Dan, would you guys let a, a, a wide receiver? Would, would I be able to hook either one of you? You know, in our play days, of course not. You'd have gave me a, a, a you know, a a chop to the face and I'd have fallen down and you would have made the play. It's just embarrassing. Well, Kaz, sick to my gut. Well, and, and yeah, I started off the show saying, you know, there's shames and then there's damn shames. Cause we were not only in that game, not only did we have a chance to beat a quality team, not only did we have them into overtime, but as you just said, Mistake after mistake after mistake. I, I, I guess Nagy wants to call those details, but oh, I call okay. them mistakes. Or just call it no heart. Because, I mean, you know, and at the end of the game, and, and you know, I'm going to say the defense played their guts out. It, it was a great game. But that, that sweep, that little quick sweep where, you know, first off, it was like Khalil Mack let, let the wide receiver hook him. 
And then uh, our other guy, who I, I love, Hicks, it was probably the worst effort I've ever seen from him. You know, running down the line trying to chase the guy. And he just gave up on it. So I, I, I don't get it, and I don't understand it, and they're probably tired and probably exhausted because they're carrying this offense. So now let's get into what's wrong with the offense. It's really simple. Matt Nagy, the worst offensive coordinator in the history of the NFL, and it's time for him to you know, hand over the play card and be the head coach. Now, wait a minute. If he doesn't do that, they're going to continue to lose. Now, you're saying the worst in the history. Do you remember Dowell Loggins, John Shoup? Do you want me to continue? Uh, yes. And, 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 and do you think he's better? Because those guys didn't have much talent. Let's be honest. Let's, he let's, has a lot more talent around him. I mean, as far as calling plays, you have a quarterback that wants to run a no huddle. He's great at running the no huddle. And, oh, by the way, what does the no huddle do? It it fatigues the defense, and this kid is better in that situation than he is in any other situation. I am tired of hearing the national media talk about, well, you know, they're not going to bring in uh, Mitch uh, regardless of what happens. Well, you shouldn't bring him in, but I'm not sure that, you know, he's that bad as it is Matt Nagy as the offensive coordinator. You know, know, that's the truth. I, I don't know. Because I, I made a point earlier that I don't think that Matt Nagy understands the difference between setting up a game plan and following it and calling plays. Anybody can yeah. call plays, but right. the game plan, right. there's no rhyme, no reason, no rhythm to this offense. Kazi, hang on. Let's have you follow up on... Let's see if Kaz can bring us a little rhythm here coming on back. It's uh, Hampton will be with Kaz going until 10 o'clock, 312-981-7200. If you want to jump in with the Kaz man on 720 WGN. Herbal Active is your source for high-performance CBD-infused balms and lotions specifically developed. For those who strive to stay active, try Herbal Active's CBD-infused body balm and get moving again. Its patented time-release formulation provides you extended localized relief. It's all-natural, non-GMO, and THC-free. You can order now. WGN listeners will get 20% off all Herbal Active CBD products using that promo code WGN20. Just go to WGNCBD.com. That's WGNCBD.com. Use the promo code WGN20 for 20% off at WGNCBD.com. Out uh, the other day, and so the NFL, um, you know, made their decision, and so what we're doing internally is, is still talking through some things and, you know, uh, Javon's gone through his deal. So we're just going to continue to work through that. And, 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 um, you know, right now the focus for us right now is, is focusing on Tennessee, but we'll continue to, to monitor where all that's at and, and do what we think we need to do. So I never quite understand why it's so hard for so many coaches to just say direct things. Javon's been suspended for two for two weeks. We've been communicating with Javon how disappointed we are in what happened on the field on Sunday. There I'm is disappointed a pat- because he didn't know how to fight. There, fine, like right. You know, look, you're going to get suspended. You know, you're going to get tossed when you do something like that. But 
knock the guy out. It's not hard. You gra- If you're really that angry, grab his face mask, pull it up. If you're left-handed, give him a left upper hook. If you're right-handed, give him the right upper hook, and you knock him out through his jaw. Because if you're that mad, then do it. Hey, Kazi. Don't, just, don't do these little sissy punches. Let me, let me ask you something, Kaz, because you were never the highest paid guy on the team. Would you have put yourself in a position to, def- to, for whatever reason that you thought your teammates were being wronged, that you would get yourself kicked out of a game, and by the way, you just hurt the team in taking away a five-yard game, and all of a sudden it's se- second and 20 now because, of your, your, because you're trying to settle a score, and you're going to lose two game checks? I mean, you had no, be- I would have. I would have chop blocked him from behind at some point, right? I mean, you take care of it on the field during the play. It, it's just I, I don't understand it anymore. I don't get you know. I just don't get it. I don't understand uh, Jimmy Graham. What a joke! He's an embarrassment. Well, and, and, uh, and you again, know, I mean, how are you so soft against your old team that basically told you you're so worthless? We're just going to get rid of you. You know, cause you know he uh, he was throwing a little tantrum, and then in the second half, he had two drops that were critical drops, and he had a penalty. Now, let me ask you a, a question. Back to Nick Foles and the offense, and wanting to go hurry up. Now, we we did a little poll with some um, listeners about what they would do to try to make certain adjustments to where the offense was able to actually do something in the third quarter. We scored one touchdown in eight ball games in the third quarter. Wasn't now, there a field goal, too, though? we got to add the field goal. Uh, you know, I, mean, I think we had a field goal also. Let, yeah, you're right. It's embarrassing. It, it, it's pathetic. And yet, you know, it's almost like that. everyone is, is, is it's like no big deal. And fundamentally, you and I have talked for years about the critical 10 minutes of the game, the last yep. five of the first and the first five of the third quarter. Yep. And yet we have such a dysfunctional approach to it. Is is that in any way something that you think Nick Foles and I was calling for an intervention two weeks ago where Nick <laughs> Foles goes up to Matt Nagy at halftime and says, listen, I'm turning off the helmet, and I'm I'm not listening anymore, and we're going to go hurry up offense and let me show you what a real professional football team does when they get the ball in the third quarter. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I mean, I had a better suggestion. I won't say it on air right now, but it had something to do with Matt and his backside and putting the head there. But um, – I would just have uh, Coach Nagy be in the uh, locker room in the third quarter and let him come out in the fourth. <laughs> That's what I would do. Well, personally. you know what, guys? If, if, just think about this for a minute. That's all do you, you got to do, Ed. Am do, I right or wrong? Just, just say, this. hey, you don't get to call anything. Just stay in the locker room yeah. for a quarter. You want to know what? Here's, here they are. All right. The, the, all the coaches come down. Quality guys have all the stats ready to go at halftime. And you go and... <laughs> Do you know how hard you got to work at it to score one touchdown in the third quarter after going through all the adjustments, sitting down with your quarterback in your offense and going out in the third quarter? And you know how hard you got to work at not scoring a touchdown? (laughs) Well, let's be honest. I don't think there's any adjustments made. They think, and again, this fits into his mindset that – 
uh, what we're doing is perfect, guys. We'll stick with it, and uh, they're not going to make any adjustments. We'll go back out and do the same thing, and then they look like they never played football before. Because you and I have played a lot of golf together, and, you know, we played in scrambles. And, you know, if, if you're you know, asked to putt, and you've putted so bad, everybody on the team basically says, get out of the way. We don't want to see it. You're disqualified. <laughs> you know, now, when is that going to happen to Nagy? When is he going to be disqualified by. from calling plays? <laughs> I, it, it, it really is. It's, look, I'm not going to take away the fact that he's done a really nice job since he's been here as the head football coach winning football games. But he has been the single most important reason and most important guy on why we can't score touchdowns and why we can't score points in a game. He's the reason because his ego and his inability to, to get that, you know, guys like you and the players want to play hard for you, but you're a bad coordinator. I mean, here's what's going to happen. They're going to score 21 points against Tennessee in the first half, and they're going to lose 22-21. to 21. Oh, wait, that happened in Kansas City, didn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, there you go. Bingo. Last time, we played ten- or last time, you know, he was an offensive coordinator against Tennessee, scored 21 points and couldn't get a first down or a field goal in the second half and, and lost 22-21. And, to 21. and you want to know what, Glenn? And, and they were playing at home. Up twenty to nothing against Tennessee Titans, who actually had no business even being in the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be like whoever comes out of the NFC East this year. They're going to probably win four games or five games, and they shouldn't be in the playoffs. Huge, but huge it's game. Happen. Huge game this week: Washington and the Giants, two and whatever against one and whatever. Hey, I, one thing we haven't touched on today. I wanted to ask you guys when. So the Bears now, and a lot of teams, I guess, are just always going for it on fourth down, fourth and three on their own nineteen, and here come the Bears up to the line, and they're gonna—they're acting like they're gonna go for it, and and Foles is sitting there, and he's trying to draw them off sides, and the Saints are screaming at him, "That ain't gonna work." I'm wondering when you guys are sitting at home and you're, and, and they're trying to draw them off sides on fourth down. I mean, would it is it is it as pathetic to you guys? It's, it's embarrassing. It, it is right. No, it, you know what that stupid. is? That's one of Nagy's trickery and deceit plays. That's one of his calls. <laughs> Doesn't work. Actually, that's his favorite call, Ed. It's like BU and trickery right and deceit. BU, that's his first call. Get up fourth and three on our own nineteen and pretend like we're going to run a play. Are, are you kidding me? Just punt the ball away. Well, unless you want to eat up clock, right? And then you call the timeout. But it's just stupid. I don't get it. I mean, I'm sitting there like they're not going for it here, and. The the Saints are just screaming at it and laughing at it. It's like, why would you put yourself in that position? You know what? It's what? The same I mean, I guess thing. it doesn't matter, but it just oh, seems so it's ridiculous. It's the same thing that Nagy did fourth and one. <laughs> Cordell Patterson, and he uh, belly tossed him. Right. On I mean, it was his, so stupid. Horizontal I play. Mean, I would take I take Patterson straight up the middle, honestly, because I think he's a, a better running back you know, than he is a wide receiver. Why wasn't, he's a big hey, guy. Hey, Glenn, why Run wasn't Montgomery the in there? Go vertical. Go horizontal. Get a yard. It's, well, it's not hard. Exactly right? what I said. You know, Kaz, I said earlier that, you know, Nagy's play sheet says BU and Nick Foles' wristband says shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> please, 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 somebody. I'm pulling a ham right now. It, I mean, it's, it's horrible. And 
I feel horrible. You know, I feel bad for this kid because he's a player, and he finds a way. He has moxie, and you know, he the the the, the team played their guts out in spite of their head coach, who's calling the plays. Um, I mean, they, they they you know they scored ten points in about six minutes, and it was the worst time management I've ever seen in the history of the NFL during those ten points that they scored. I mean, talk about wasting time. And then, you know, Anthony Miller has a chance to catch the ball on the sideline and maybe turn it up, but he's got to drag his feet and make, make it look like it was a spectacular catch, and that's embarrassing again, and that's, you know, that's his lot to, to deal with. But, you know, it's just it's tough to watch. Kazi, hang on. We'll do one more second with Glenn coming on back here. 9.30, check the news on 720 WGN. Like today, it was just, hey, who's out there? Just step in the huddle, making sure the guys are relaxed and loose. Because I know, like, it's not an easy situation. All of a sudden, you're stepping up and you're playing. I get it. And maybe you're in a different role. Been there, done that. So I think the most important thing is just to know that, hey, there's going to be a calmness in the huddle, and we're going to be in this together. Nick Foles, we're doing this together, baby. Bears 2020, Hampo B and Kaz with you till the top of the hour on 720 WGN. And uh, the show, of course, is brought to you by Chevy Drives, Chicago.com. That's Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado Drive, what Hamp drives. Chevy's going to be driving. You're driving OB home tonight, huh? You guys are going to have a little bonding? Always. Oh, isn't that adorable? I, I, hey. I'll be, By I'll the be, way, yeah, yes, yes, guys. Um, congrats to Big O. That's the one guy, you know, from the time I was uh, beginning. Uh, it's been 29 years now at WGN. Uh, that was the one guy that would throw down with anybody at any time. You know, when I say that, I mean he's just a tough man and he's smart and intelligent guy. So, congrats to him. To the Big O, straight, straight legend. Glenn, did you get my check? <laughs> What's that? Did you get my check in the mail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for saying I that. I didn't yet, but is it coming? <laughs> no. Cause we, we were we were talking in the break here. Top five right now bears that you have confidence in week in, week out, through through eight weeks this season. OB, do you want to go first on that one? Yeah, I'll go I'll uh I would say Akeem Hicks. Okay. Fuller, our cornerback. Okay. I would go, and this is after eight games. This is what we're talking about now. Right. right. I would go with Justin. Mooney, okay. Cole Komet, the tight end, okay, and Allen Robinson. All right, Mooney, Komet, and Robinson. That's who I would put my money on. Okay. Hampo? Hicks, Fuller on defense, they, <clears throat> Robinson, uh, and Foles on offense, and Cairo Santos. There he is. The MVP. Cairo Sanders has been incredible. Kaz, do you want to go? I'd say Mooney, Robinson, Foles, um, you know, Hicks again. And I, I really, you know, I, I like that young kid from Utah. Jalen Johnson. The other corner. So uh, I would go with him, too. He's he's played really well. Except he, he let Taysom Hill beat him on a 20-yard post for a touchdown. Was that his well, fault? Was that, that the really, that was the safety, though. That was, that, was Jackson because he really had deep help, and Jackson uh, jumped to the outside because they gave him the trips, and he cut underneath. You're right. You're right. You're right. But 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 again, you know, your point about Jalen Johnson, that play where he got the pi in the Ram game, I, he played that. I mean that that was textbook. Yep. 
And yep. he got a bad call. He's, a, he's, a, yeah. he's going to be a good but, player. For a rookie, though, he, he really, and, and you know, being on the edge like that, and they're going to pick on him because he's a rookie. And Fuller has done a good job for the most part. He had a couple of bad games this year, though, too. He's laid a couple eggs, but overall he's been great. But I like the kid. He just plays hard and just keeps working. There was an interesting stat on uh, basically Fuller and Johnson have been thrown at equally this season. Uh, which you, I guess they, you're gonna, if you're the left corner, you're gonna get thrown out, thrown at more because quarterbacks are more comfortable throwing that way. But it's it's basically even. Which with a rookie and somebody as good as Kyle Fuller, I think that's a pretty nice compliment for Jalen Johnson, is it not? Yes, yeah, it is, it is, and he's a good player. I mean, he'll get better. Fuller probably is better, but I just you know when I'm looking at kids or guys that I think really were impactful. I was concerned about that other side. So he did a nice job and he's filled in and he's you know he's he's a starter, legit player. We brought this up earlier cuz your thoughts on the offensive line, Sam Mustafer stepping in at center for uh Cody Whitehair who's hurt. I mean Whitehair is going to be back. Would you leave Mustafer at center considering everything else that's around him and maybe you slide out Whitehair? <sighs> I I guess so. If he's the best that you have, <laughs> you know. Honestly, I I hate the way the Bears block with the zone block, and they take the side step, and then they cross over, and they get crushed. And it works with big guys, but it doesn't work with the guys we have on our team. I'd love to open it up and take angles, and you know, go downhill because it's the only way you're going to be able to run the football. Um, this this whole zone blocking thing is stupid when you don't have the personnel to do it. That's all. So, you know, whatever you do with Cody Whitehair or wherever you whoever you put on the line, it's it's going to look bad because you you're not firing off and going man on man or angle. You know, taking the one gap, you know, the guard uh, blocking down on the guy sitting in the you know the one gap is which is right over on the center, but just you know shading and it, it's I don't get it. That's all. Hey, guys, back to my assertion about the difference in a game plan and somebody just calling plays. Now, in your career, you had some pretty smart people like what was Holmgren and people like that. or Andy Reid, Andy Mike Reed. Holmgren, now, uh, what, what, Lavelle what? Edwards, Norm Chow, uh, you know, it goes on and on. And, uh, you know, Probably the greatest offensive minds. Well, but but my point is, did they have a game plan and sequence chart, or did they just say, "Oh, let me try this. Oh, let me try that," or did they have a game plan where they, you know, they would run like a, a, a hitch two times and then have a hitch and go and and set right. people up with a game right. plan. Right, and and you know, listen, we would. Uh, from the day I got to BYU, and I was a young freshman way back when, we ran our first 25 plays were scripted. So there was no question what we were doing, and we could go no huddle or we could huddle, but we knew what the first 25 plays were, and we just ran it. And it always worked because, quite frankly, teams weren't prepared when you could just go, 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 go. They get fatigued, and they don't know how to stop it. 
and then we would get into the flow, and then it would be set up on everything you did. So you know you 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 throw that uh, you know you run uh, up the middle a couple of times, and you play action pass, and you throw it over the top. I mean, every there's there's always an answer or the next step on everything you do. You play. And we don't do that. You played how many years with McMahon and how many with Young? Um, well, I had a year with McMahon as a freshman. He was a senior. And then a year with Steve Young. And then two years with Robbie Bosco. So I had great quarterbacks. And Young was, you know, even though he's a Hall of Famer, he was the worst of the three in college. That's which amazing. Which is funny, right, to say that because he's a Hall of Famer. Who was, who was the smartest as far as understanding the game plan? Well, McMahon. I mean, clearly. You know, it, his, his issue will always be that he just didn't take care of himself like he could have. And, you know, that's just the truth. And I know, Dan, you would agree with me. He, he could have been one of the greatest because he understood the game, but he just wasn't willing to to do those little things that keep you in shape and in, in position to continue to play. So. You, know, you know, one of the uh, five most trusted players uh, – our dear friend Ed Obradovich named Komet. Uh, um, do you have that same type of feeling that this kid will pan out to be, a, you know, a, a difference maker or a special player? Or do you think that he's just going to be a jag, just another guy? Um, I, you know, it's it's. Here's the problem. They don't use them correctly, in my opinion, with what his strengths are, but that's, you know, that's why you don't game plan correctly, right? If you don't understand what your personnel can do, then it really doesn't matter. So I would say he is, he looks lost in how they use him right now. Do I think he can be a player? Sure, I think he can. I, you know, I think he has all the skill sets to be a great player. He can block, he do, do all those other things, he can run down the field. But they just don't use them correctly, and that's something that's going to be a problem for them. Glenn, same thing with Mooney. Yeah. You finally, I, I, I just, it's mind-boggling. It, it really is. Going through eight, eight games, and, and apparently somebody, or probably there isn't a coach, offensive coach, that can figure things out down there. I mean, how do you have a kid that basically runs a four-three, forty-yard dash, which is basically like a bullet or a strike of lightning? That's how fast that kid is. For God's sakes! And one time in eight games, you you go to him downfield, a fifty-yard pass. That should be happening, Glenn. Six, seven, eight, nine right. times a game. Well, you you guys remember this, Dad? Uh, remember when Randy Moss came into the league and everybody said, "Oh, you know, you got to pass on this guy. He's this, that, and the other." And what did the Vikings do with him? Probably six times a game, they ran him on a streak and they just threw it down to him. Randall Cunningham made a a living that year, just throwing a streak ball to, Abs- to this kid that was big, fast, and nobody could cover him because he ran by you. And that's basically what Ed's talking about. We have a kid that could run by anybody, just throw the ball down to him. You know, now, I, you know what's amazing, everybody, to our listeners out there? I'm going to tell you something. When a guy can run basically a 4-3 or a 4-3-2, whatever the hell it is, but basically let's say a 4-3-40, folks, you have no idea how fast that is on a football oh, field. Flying. I mean, we are talking a rocket ship, by the way, that can get separation and he can catch. Yeah. 
He has great hands, actually. He's and he's tough. He'll he'll catch the tough pass over the middle. I like the kid. He you know he's replaced really for all intents and purposes. He's the number two receiver on that team now. Yeah, Miller is you know he's going to be what he is, and they use him. But uh, Mooney is twice the player. As you know Miller. That, that you know that Miller. You know what it seems to me that kid is is he like a moody player or. Uh, Sometimes you see him do some spectacular things, and then other times you see him. I I don't drop. I, yeah, I don't. I I don't see the. It's like enthusiasm. He's always, I I don't. I I yeah, don't see the wherewithal and what he's supposed to be doing. I don't know if he's moody as much as I just think he's inconsistent. He, as Matt Nagy likes to say, doesn't pay attention to the details. And it does matter. You know, Dan and I have talked about it over the years, and Dan has said it a million times. A little means a lot. If you do the little things right, you're going to win more often than you're going to lose. Now, also, talking about utilization of certain personnel, did you notice Ryan Nall was in the game and wasn't able to figure out where to line up, and Foles was so busy trying to get him lined up. That was amazing. That Charles Leno yeah. turns and was yelling, the clock, the clock, and we got to delay a game penalty. Now, I, the last time I checked, everybody's going, well, we, we've we got a running back, and his name's David Montgomery, and w- w- why is Ryan Nall in the game on a third and four? I don't know. And I, 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 I do. You, it's called Montgomery. coaching. He ran the ball hard in that game against uh, New Orleans. But you know what was really depressing is how little respect New Orleans had for this Bears offense that they would go for it all over the field and not worry about it. Kazi, we'll talk to you next Tuesday night, my friend. Yep, hopefully it's not going to be, what is it, 20-22? to 22? Was that the final score when they played the Tennessee Titans the last time? I'm talking about Matt Nagy. I think it was 21 20. 22 21. Yeah, that's what I thought. I knew they were up 20 points and couldn't get a first down in the second half. But hey, that's our coordinator. Hey, Glenn, what's the temperature out there? <laughs> it's about 80. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's great. But, I, you know, I'm down real I'm close to Las Vegas this evening. So, Kazi, you're the best. Stay healthy. All right, you got it. See you guys. Take care, my brother. Glenn Kozlowski. What was it? I guess a terrible job. It's really bad. What what was he called earlier on the show? Kowalski. Kowalski. Kowalski joining us. Finishing (laughs) point. Final timeout. We'll preview the Tennessee Titans. Bears looking for that coveted sixth win. We'll wrap it up next. 720 WGN. Jeff Vukovic is back. Say that again, Ham. He's the straight shooter. He knows insurance. He's on your side. He'd love to help you. Nationwide is on your side. Check out JeffHook.com. Nationwide is indeed on your side. Hamp and OB wrapping it up here. Brought to you by Chevy. DriveChicago.com. That is Hampo's truck. The Chevy Silverado. Drive what Hamp drives. Drive a Chevy. All right. The Tennessee Titans... On the road for our now five and three Chicago Bears. Campo, you confident? You're not confident? What are you feeling? I like I, I you know what I think this is a moment in time where Nick Foles asserts himself. Oof. Tennessee's defense is is woeful. They've only had seven quarterback sacks all year. They very seldom get around the quarterback. They've got 
Clowney now, and he he's been a non-factor. We got to find a way to get him blocked. But there's, they're giving up sixty percent conversions on third down. That's something that's always you know been an Achilles heel for the offense. So that should be something we can capitalize on. Now on defense, our defense has got to make their mind up to tackle uh, Derrick Henry. He is he's a, a beast. He's a man child, and he will and he will. Once you, they'll, they'll do that zone blocking. They got the guys that can do it. And then he'll bust it off the backside. So discipline will be at a premium. But if you let him get going, then man, you better tighten your helmet because here comes the play action and Tannehill, he's leads the league and, uh, yardage per pass attempt. And all of it is almost always off of play action. Well, I think for us to pull the victory out, <clears throat> uh, in Tennessee, I think we have to go to a hurry-up offense. We've got to switch up what we're doing. And what we've been doing is basically nothing. But we've got to switch up from doing nothing to doing something. We've got to do something different. Let's go to a no-huddle offense. Hustle on up. Everybody get going. Let's, let's hurry the game up. Hurry the offense up and pass the ball down the field. Defensively, I'll tell you what. You... <laughs> you better be ready. They have a running back that is, I believe, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and weighs what, Danny, 250, 260? He's 6'3", 250. Folks, this guy is a giant that has speed and power, and if we don't set the tone early on defense, it's going to be a long afternoon. But the key that we have to do is we have to hurry up our offense, get out of the huddle, go with a no huddle, start doing different things from doing nothing. One of my favorite documentary movies of all time was Hoop Dreams, and they're the high school basketball coach at Marshall. His name was Luther Bedford, who was a great man. He's, you guys are in a huge hurry to do nothing, and that's exactly what you're doing. Nothing. You just made me think about that, OB. But uh, d- That's what we do. Yeah, well, and Derrick Henry, just for the record, 775 yards on the year. Uh, he's rushed 161 times. That's 4.8 yards per carry. Did you see Tennessee play the Steelers earlier this year? They gave it to Henry on the goal line, and there was a collision with with like three Steelers, and and Henry lost. But it was so incredibly violent. I, I mean, it is. You better be ready for this guy coming because I mean, it is. He is not slowing down. And and you know what? What Dan has has been talking about, and again, the play action. And why do they run it so well? Because of Henry. They have a running game, and that front seven has got to pay attention to it. And that holds them for that half or that full count. That's why they're a difficult team to beat. I'm trying to think, like, who would you say in your time, Hamp, 6'3", 250, ran that strong? Well, Chuck Muncy was about the same size, but he wasn't as, as tough. This kid is tough. You know, he's from Alabama. And, I mean, he, he would run over everybody. And, but, but it's, the whole key is you got to have gap integrity and not let him bust through to the second level. You know, I mean, he'll run over Roquan and everybody else we got off the line of scrimmage. So it's a doable thing. I'm just telling you. The Steelers had him down like clowns early. And then I think they started thinking about Baltimore, and next thing you know, Tennessee's in it, and they miss a field goal at the end of the game to beat the Steelers, the last undefeated team. So they're capable in the, you know, the power rankings. They're they're below the Bears, 
unbelievably. But Mike Vrabel is their head coach. He's awesome. And I, I, I like him. He's, he's old school. And he's got that mentality. Well, he's going to look at the Bears. And remember what Dennis Green said. The Bears are who we thought they were. Well, we're giving up 400 yards to, you know, pretty much everybody thus far. They're going to think we're going to run it down the Bears' throat. And I'm just saying, if you're not ready to play and tackle, don't show up. Danny, for us to win this football game in Tennessee, I'm telling you, Offense has to make a radical change in their game plan. A radical change. They can't keep going, doing the same thing week after week after week. They've got to go to a hurry up. They've got to go to a fast, quick, efficient offense. Enough is enough. What's been going on, not converting on third down, not putting points on the board, and settling for field goals. That's history, Nagy. Let's go after people. Listen. This game is is doable. You can beat them, but you're not going to beat them if you play the no-nothing offense. We're not going anywhere with your no-nothing offense. Our winner tonight on the Bartolini's $50 gift card is our, it was our first caller, Lynn, who took it down with a personnel change. So congratulations to Lynn Obie. That was your first pick. You you wanted to give her the whole... Yeah. Yeah, yeah you did that. I actually went for her husband. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. It's Bartolini, <laughs> Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering, family-owned and operated, offering the best Italian cuisine in Chicago. Land their meatballs have been featured on the Travel Channel, the Food Network, even German television, located at 144th and Pulaski in Midlothian. Call 708-396-2333. We'll be back with you next Tuesday night, 7 to 10. Tuesday night's the rest of the way. Bears in Tennessee on Sunday at noon as the Bears look for their sixth win of the season. Thank you to our guy Kaz for jumping on tonight. As per always, Curtis Cook, thank you so much for producing the program. Everybody stay safe out there. And uh, news coming up, we'll, we'll give you an update on the election that is next.